0: This show is presented by the 323 network. You can catch it and more wherever you get podcasts and music and follow us on all the social medias at 323read, 323 r e i d. And you can support the show and help us continue to grow by going to our Patreon page patreon.com/323read. You can get early and exclusive releases there, merch and more for as little as $2. $2. That is patreon.com/323 R E I D. Victories, defeats, moments of glory. It's more than just a single moment in sports history. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! They are points in time that influence world leaders. Sport has the power to change the world. Sport can create hope where once there was only dispersed Start revolutions and guide societies. This is what democracy looks like. Black lives matter. Woo! Black lives matter. Woo! I am Emily Sissel. Join me as we explore the alternate realities of these moments and ask ourselves the question, what if? In 1919, one of the most notorious scandals in sports took place. A few weeks before the 1919 World Series, the Chicago White Sox's first baseman C. Arnold Chick Gandel and a gambler named Joseph Sport Sullivan met up to discuss the potential of the White Sox tanking the championship. Sports gambling actually has roots going back at least to 1863, but this would have been the first known time it happened on such a large scale. This usually happened in much smaller games, not things like the World Series or Championships. Gandel enlisted the help of the White Sox pitchers Eddie Kakot and Claude Lefty Williams, shortstop Charles Swede Wisberg, and outfielder Oscar Happy Felsch for a payment around $100,000 each. Today, that would equal around $1,382,945 for each player, which is quite a big payout. As this plan was hatched, several people, including former Sox player Sleepy Bill Burns and former Detroit Tiger Bill Maharg, Boxer Abe Adel and potentially mob leader Arnold Rothstein started to raise some bribe money. Suspicions only increased when the Sox and the Reds met for the first of the nine games on October 1st, 1919. Eddie Kakat opened the game by hitting the batter with one of his first pitches. This went on throughout the entire game and they ended up throwing the game and losing 9 to 1. The Sox continued to lose games and by October 6, the Reds led the series 4 to 1. However, by this point, the players were actually starting to grow restless. And this is because for every game that they lost, they were supposed to receive $20,000. So a total of five games, it would be $100,000. But the gamblers weren't actually delivering on their full payments. So the players were making a lot less money than they were supposed to. Because of this, the players ended up getting together and deciding to just stop throwing the game all together. And they actually were able to bring the series up to four to three, which is quite miraculous considering the way they had been playing for weeks. By the eighth game, the players were receiving so many death threats against their families that they ended up throwing their fifth and final game. Rumors of these games being fixed continued on for months. However, after those months and all those rumors, most people were just content to let the World Series go. This was until August 31st, 1920, the next year, When evidence started to surface that gamblers had rigged a regular season game between the Cubs and the Phillies. When this new evidence came to light and they saw that the gambling and the rigging of games continued into the next season, a grand jury actually met to examine the previous season's World Series. Around that same time, gambler Bill Maharg went public with a confession about his involvement with the Fix. As more accusations ended up coming, players like Kakat, Joe Shulis, Jackson, Lefty Williams, and Oscar Felsch actually confessed their involvement. By October 1920, all of the players that were involved ended up being called the Black Sox, which is why this is known as the Black Sox scandal. And they were indicated on nine counts of conspiracy. The players ended up coasting through all their trials through June 1921 after the paper confessions that they had made mysteriously vanished. Many people believe that the mobster, Arnold Rothstein, arranged for these papers to disappear. On August 2nd, 1921, the Black Sox were found not guilty on all charges. The overall impact of this... Because of all of these gambling problems and rigging the system, baseball actually decided to have a commissioner. So we can thank the Black Sox scandal for having baseball commissioners. One day after the acquittal, Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis was given the position of first commissioner. He ended up permanently banning the eight players involved in the scandal. This was able to clean up baseball's image. However, many people argue that this ended up just sweeping the Black Sox scandal under the rug. But I posed to you these questions. What if baseball kept betting the house on the ponies? The name of the cast. Or what if people chose to ignore the rigging of games? What would sports look like today? For one, sports would probably not be about the most athletic person or who is the best in the sport. Instead, it would be about who has the best connections. Commissioners in sports may have never been elected. It wasn't until after this scandal that baseball got a commissioner. They got somebody to kind of keep everybody in check and everybody in charge things like one of the most recent scandals of the Houston Astros cheating in the 2017 and 2018 seasons with sign stealing would probably be totally acceptable in society. And as somebody who is a Washington Nationals fan when the New York Yankees are not playing, I would be deeply upset about that considering how badly that impacted their season. (laughs) The bigger and more prominent involvement of mobs and mafias in sports would seem normal to all of us. We haven't really heard much about mobs and mafias since probably the 1920s. Um, Instead, we hear a lot about drug cartels. Mobs and mafias definitely are still prominent in society as well as gang involvement. But we don't see that as normal for them to be a part of sports and to be rigging that system. The only sport that you kind of see that in would be fighting, because it definitely feels like, at least when I am watching fights, that sometimes things are rigged. Personally, I feel like the biggest question would be if sports could actually be considered a sport. Betting is normal. We're actually getting legal sports gambling here in Virginia, but is rigging a game normal? It kind of takes away the first reasons for even creating sports, which is a way to spend extra leisure time and healthy competition to determine who is the best. All of that would be gone. Instead, it would be totally normal and acceptable for people. Let's just say the Washington football team to decide that their quarterback is just going to magically throw to all of the Dallas Cowboys players. You could see soccer goalies intentionally diving in the wrong direction when a goal is scored or people shoot on the goal. Sports, I feel like, are one of the things that we can actually see as not being rigged or predetermined. There is a lot of talk, especially in politics, that sometimes things are rigged. There's a lot of talk that sometimes things are really unfair because life is unfair. Sports is one of those things that with the complete set of rules, you kind of put everybody on an even playing ground and you have people battle it out to see who is the best in that moment of time, which is something that can be truly admired considering all of the stuff that happens every single day and how unfair life feels instead people can sit or they can go and they can play a game and they can say all right these are the rules we are following we're going to stay true to it and if you take that away it kind of takes away the fundamental purpose of sports and the reason why it is used Yes, it provides a lot of entertainment for us, but I think it's one of the best ways to have healthy competition between one another. The Black Sox scandal for me is crazy interesting just because of how we see gambling and how we see rigging sporting events in the future. And it's really intriguing to think about how sports gambling is legal now in Virginia and how is that going to end up impacting sports as a whole as we legalize more gambling do we think perhaps we might revert back to times like 1919 and we might see teams deciding to throw certain games and betting on themselves so they can start to make more money because as we know generally as a human species we're fairly greedy so this is going to be one of those things that sports historians and sociologists psychologists cultural anthropologists just everybody in the social sciences is kind of eagerly waiting to see what is the human reaction going to be? How are we going to change again? Are we going to go back and repeat history again and again? Or are we going to move forward? Are we going to make better decisions? Are we going to allow things like friendly bets between people and not have it impact the game? Not have it influence the athlete's decisions on how they might play and perform that day if you are as curious and you love love reading up about the black sock scandal as i am here of course are some great resources for you the first one is baseball legends shoeless joe and the black sock scandal by revolutionary comics in 1991 This, of course, is a comic book, because you guys all know me. I am all about those comics and graphic novels. Then there is The Black Sox Scandal by Bill Lamb. This is an article that can be found in the Society for American Baseball Research, and it's a part of the 1919 C. White Sox essays. And then finally, there are Eight Men Out, which was a movie created in 1988. Make sure to join us next time as I examine one of history's many, many impactful boxing matches. And remember to always ask yourself the question, what if?